All right. Hello. What's Hello. up, fellas? Hello. I hope everybody's doing well in your endeavors. <clears throat> in your endeavors. <laughs> Speaking of endeavors, here's ours. I'm sorry. Yes. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh, I love that show. Yes. So that so Detroiters <laughs> and I'm sorry are my favorite. What a great sorry. cold open we just had there. <laughs> yeah. Just talking about great comedies that are currently on TV. That TV. People, we're talking about TV. People just don't like. But we're talking about it on a movie. Just movie. Don't talk about we're talking that's about the just just to, just in case anyone's thoroughly confused by what they're uh-huh. hearing right now. Sorry. You guys, we're talking about Detroiters. Uh huh. And then the other sitcom, Trial, and, Trial and, and Error. Trial and Error. And you were trying to think of I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry is in production of their second season right now. Yes. And Tom Everett Scott, um, and I got like something playing on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you have on. like an episode of Flintstones playing. I was trying to find out who the actor was on I'm sorry, because I follow her on Twitter and I she's quite the follow. She's really fun. Yeah. But yeah, anyway, we were talking about sitcoms. Sitcoms are episode of Movie Schmovie, and this is what happens. Ronald's trying to remember yeah. that last one. Finds it. I'm sorry. We're also sorry for yes. starting this on a yeah. TV note. But, you know, we like TV, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll bring it into uh, more of a movie zone and say, we're sorry to bother you. Ah! <laughs> I like that. You reeled it in. How about we do something we've never really done that, mm. that I think professionals would do, which is let's just reset. Let's reset our energy. Okay. Maybe all of the stuff that people have heard thus far is before the theme song. And we're about to roll into the theme song. And when we I come like out that. of the theme song, we'll be a bunch of pros who say mm. our names and the I show like we're that. on and we get on topic. What do you think yeah, about that? That's, that's a yeah. good idea. Yeah. It works that's for true. people, though. Yeah. It does, I've man. heard it works. It really it does. does. It gives a nice place to just sort of cut it. How's everybody doing? Not bad. Good. Who are we? <laughs> Who are we? I was about to say. <laughs> That's deep. That's deep, man. I haven't done that before. Do you know what uh, I haven't. Better question. Why are we? <laughs> because we love what we do. Yes. Well, well, and what do we do? It's been a while. I'm John, and I podcast with my friends about movies. I'm Ronald, and I podcast with my friends about movies and occasionally TV shows and random other stuff. Yes. I'm Steve, and I also podcast with my friends about movies and eat my other friends who bring muscles to this <laughs> recording session. And when we put our three power rings together, yeah. we become movie schmovie. Let our powers combine. With our powers combined. <laughs> if you had like an element mm. that you that you controlled or a, or a, like a mystical energy that I, you were paired with, what would it be? Shout out to Kwame from Captain Planet. I'd be Earth. You'd be Earth. <laughs> Earth. I would just. I guess I'll. I mean, we're trying to complete this thing. I'll, uh, just, I'll go with the water, I guess. Is frustration an element? <laughs> we can make it be. <laughs> it's really easy to be frustrated yeah. in these days and I times. I believe in the power of frustration at any rate. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. moves. It moves people. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> it's a cool tool. Yes, it if is. If you use it right. Cool tool. Cool tools. Cool tool. Cool tool. <laughs> Cool Why tools. did everybody talk like that? Cool tool <laughs> in cartoons back then. <laughs> you back a when? Fool. Like in the nineties, like everybody, every kid. Well, there was at least one like character on every show that was like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" <laughs> I think that was Roger and Doug. <laughs> you want to score some jobs? Hey Doug, <laughs> you're dubby. Man, I love that dude, man. He, Doug or Roger? Roger, because <laughs> he was such a bully, man. He was so funny to me, <laughs> and he Good. wore a leather jacket. In middle school? Was that middle school? I don't know. Maybe. I think so. It's too fucking cool, man. 
It was also the 90s. Yeah. People were super cool back then. Did you see that Macklemore comparison to... Oh, Roger? yeah. He looks just like him. So random. I didn't even know the show, but I know the the drawing. <laughs> yeah. It's very good. So good. So yeah. close to what he looks like. Uh, <sighs> anyway. So, yeah, guys. I think when together. you get to Macklemore, that's when some alarm goes off that you should find a topic. <laughs> you know, it's like we've gone astray. Um, but yeah, this is our attempt at kind of catching up. If you can't tell from listening to this, we have we're a little punchy. It's been a while since we've gotten together. Yeah. Summer has kind of taken us off in in different directions. But I did notice looking at uh, the feed, we have had two episodes a month at least yeah. every month that's so far bad. this year. So yeah. it's not so bad. Not so bad. And maybe we'll catch up at some point and get some bonuses in there for you folks. But at the very least, we're we're catching you after. What was it, Steve? I was out of town, then you were out of town, yeah. and we yeah. just it, now I'm going to be and out. Now Ronald's next, going out. Yeah. yeah, next week. But we are here tonight, and we have a few topics that have kind of come up uh, while we were away that we thought would be fun to cover. Mm-hmm. But there's another new bit of news that just came up, mentioning that uh, Henry Cavill is leaving the DCEU and is leaving the role of Superman, and it's kind of like. <laughs> I love so much that this is in our episode. Did you read that link? Did you read it? Oh, was it a shit link? It was a rickroll. Oh, okay. I didn't. Oh, God. I just saw the headline. No, it's a legit rickroll. It's a deep, deep, it's been a while. Yeah, it's It's been been a while. while. And the crazy thing was like, it was on a couple sites. So I, I had a like, feeling that you didn't read it because yeah. you're, you're like, it's, it's it was, I saw yeah. this coming. Yeah. But you wrote, it's been a while. Like, okay, he clicked the link. Uh, right, right. He didn't click it. God, right. man. Yeah, he's still in the DCEU. All, right. All right, well, scratch that. No, but this yeah. is good stuff. Yeah. yeah. It was a really, <laughs> really high quality Rickroll. Well, it was. Because it got me hard. It, it did too, because like, it had Like, the it picture, got me really had... hot. Like, I, I didn't get hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, it, it just it just got me. It got, it got me good. <laughs> Because it had the picture, it yeah. had the fun. I was like, yeah. okay, this looks legit. And it was on multiple sites. Yeah. I was like, I'm yeah. ready. <laughs> Never gonna get it. Yeah, so well, that's that. Well, what's what's great about that is it did make perfect sense. It did it seem did. like, it did seem like what was going to happen. The timing was perfect. Yeah, Because yes. he's on like a high after yes. the whole right, fa- right. Mission Impossible fallout. Yes. It's like, this is what good tastes like. And it's like, now maybe it's the time to get out. The picture was even a picture of him with the mustache, which yes. just underscores how, how yeah. important I was of so a move ready. it would be for him to step away. I told Henry, and we, we've spent like... Oh, no. Over, it wasn't like we no. were sad, but I mean, just over yeah. dinner, we discussed like, that's a bummer that he didn't get to do a good, fun Superman movie. Mm-hmm. Because that was the one thing I thought after seeing Mission Impossible was, okay, Henry Cavill, if anyone saw this yeah. in the industry, surely they're thinking like, why doesn't this guy have like... A beloved yeah, action movie totally. of his own, and and I started thinking, oh, yeah. what, you know, there's talk of Matthew Vaughn or somebody like that coming on to direct. Yeah. Wow, or was that a Rick Roll too? I don't read. Articles. I didn't see that one. <laughs> I just read. You just read headlines. Right. <laughs> You're well, so you, burned by clickbait. You just read the headline. <laughs> you have to understand that when when you send me a link and it says check this out or whatever, and then you were yeah. like, it's oh, it's been a while. It didn't click with me what you were saying, but right. you have to understand that I that headline was very descriptive. It yeah, was. It was. Like, oh, He's left the DC EU and. Men of Steel 2 is canceled. Like, I, yeah. what more so did I need to do? <laughs> I was the same way. I was like, okay, I'm. this is it. I mean, I was kind of sad about it because I thought that he's a really good Superman. To me. I mean, like, the yeah. movie sucks. He's a good Superman. He just hasn't gotten to be in right. a Are they going to Ragnarok it? You think if they Ragnarok it, would you be willing to watch I something? I love that's an adjective right now. Yeah, I'm trying to make it Are work. Are they going to Ragnarok it? Because you can, I Damn. mean, t- it is the first... I think they're going to have a Ragnarok in good time with it. I think so, too. 
It's the first shift. It's the first time I've ever seen a comic book movie like be the, shifted the way that it is. The whole tone, I think we yeah. should just make that a thing here, man. Because can they lighten it up and make this Superman? I mean, everybody wants him to. We've said this several times before, too. But meanwhile, Marvel is doing something with Captain America that's very close to what DC yes. could be doing with yeah. Superman. Yeah. Totally. So. So it's, not so much news. So yeah, it's a good talking point. So I us. hope that uh, you guys know I'm never going to give this up. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I'm never going to let you guys down. Is clicking on the Rickroll more falling for it or buying the headline and not clicking know. on it? Which one? I don't know who won that. Who's the bigger fool? Yeah, I think the. <clears throat> there's something about the way. Who I felt. is the bigger fool? He who clicketh <laughs> or he who scrolleth? <laughs> Man, what if? <laughs> It's just really funny to think about, like if if the internet existed back in the day. I did Do hear not someone post a lie. I did hear someone who did not understand Rickrolling have it happen. Yeah and, yeah, and it was a total misfire for them. Yeah, it's just like what? they were like, wait, what is this? Oh, it was a thing people did, but what is the thing? <laughs> yeah, and it just was like it's one of those things where once you've explained it, you're like, well, you're, yeah. we've ruined. You it. just yeah. picked the wrong link. <laughs> yeah, it's like you just sucked all the air out of Rickrolling. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, it's it's. To me, when I first saw it, it was the shock of how soul... I forgot. I knew that song. Mm-hmm. Did not know he was a white dude. Yeah. Wow. I, I thought... I, when I when I, when I I think about Rick Rowling, I think about um, Get Out of My Dreams, Get Into My Car. Mm-hmm. Billy Ocean. <laughs> they have this... They have like a uh, kind of... That lane of that type of music, like... Sticking with the car. Some good electronic stuff. <laughs> Some you, play you, you got your keyboard jazz fingers. It's either yeah. a low bench or a high high it's piano. It's a person that has multiple keyboards. <laughs> yeah. It's like Get the deck. Oh yeah. yeah this. Anyway. Yeah. So movies. Yeah. Oh, movies. <laughs> oh, well, movies. moving on to some other stuff that I wish was uh, fake news, uh, but that is not fake news. But we've completely missed this. It's two weeks old now, but I feel mm-hmm. like as much as we've talked about the Guardians <coughs> of the Galaxy films on yeah. this podcast, and as much of, as we've sort of mentioned James Gunn's participation in those movies as something that we kind of valued and, yeah. and yeah. looked at as kind of a linchpin of, of what we like about what Marvel's doing. If we're talking about Ragnarokking things, that's really like Guardiansing things. Because yeah, Ragnarok absolutely. kind of drafted on the possibilities as yeah. laid out by that. So yeah, James Gunn was fired by Disney for like if we just look at it in the in the in the simplest way of saying it, he was fired for past offensive tweets. Yeah. That quite a few, not not just a couple. Oh, fifteen like, or twenty. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot, but it's it's a, when you compare it to how much he tweeted and the kind of humor that he was tweeting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I I have I have absolutely no support in my heart whatsoever for the humor. I don't th- find that type of joke funny. Yeah. I don't like it when someone sitting next to me at a party is trying to be the most shocking person in the world. Yeah. Um, but I have been around that kind of comedy, and also I've been a young man, and I've indulged in that level of like, are yeah. we are we being funniest when we're most offensive? So right. not to defend it at all, but just to say that I do think those were jokes, like really bad jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that James Gunn has, you know, a lot of people say he's already apologized for them, but really he was he's apologized for another thing he wrote, which was like a blog post about comic book characters he wanted to have sex with, uh, and that was really <laughs> offensive and homophobic, and he's apologized directly for that. Right. The tweets he didn't really apologize for so much as he just said, I used to be this type of person and I've changed. Right. But he didn't delete them, and they were still up there for these, what I consider to be right-wing trolls to seize upon and thrust at Disney and say, Disney, how can you have someone like this working for you? So it's like the debate over whether the tweets are appropriate or whether Disney should be working with someone who makes tweets like that, to me, is a side debate to the fact that an alt-right troll was able to disingenuously 
control pretend, the narrative. Pretend man. they were offended. Pretend that yes. they cared about kids or that they were offended by pedophilia jokes. And it snowballed into this crazy undercurrent on Twitter of, of right-wingers who act like everyone in Hollywood is a pedophile. Yeah. Or right. that if you defend James Gunn, then you are a pedophile. Right. You know, it's like there's this weird chain of causation yeah. and rumor. And Mike Chernovich or Cernovich, I never know how to say that yeah. guy's name. Who cares? He's loathsome. I don't know if you guys know some of the tweets he's mm. posted. He's he's actually tweeted that date rape doesn't exist. Right. I, and yeah, and saying that those. it's impossible to rape someone, you know, because have you ever tried to force yourself on someone that's impossible? It's like Okay, yeah, I've he's heard tweeted this. I've heard loathsome this horrible things right, that right, right. are legitimately horrible. Mm-hmm. And he's actually been accused of rape. So here we have a guy who is probably a rapist accusing a guy who made jokes of right. being what his jokes painted him to be. It's just it's a clusterfuck and it's yeah. it, the way it lays into that culture war that we've been talking about before on the show. It's like, this is this is like toxic fandom, but taken into that political realm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't know what you guys think at this point, now that we've had time for the dust to settle. Do you think that, I mean, at this point, he's not getting rehired, right? Like, Disney, no, it Disney seems has like nothing. They, they, they said that they weren't going to rehire him pretty recently. My So my issue is mm-hmm. a little beyond just offensiveness. And some, some of it has to do with the umbrella of what Disney is, right? So... Disney now has has for a really long time through whatever means funded things that were above a PG-13 rating. We mm-hmm. I mean I don't know you do some research mm-hmm. it leads back to all sorts of productions that they funded in some way. Well they had Touchstone was yeah, flat yeah, out that yeah. was their R-rated movie right, arm right, right. that they yeah, had for a long time. Um one of the things that that is really starting to get on my nerves just as companies are are being vetted in that way is the idea that like James Gunn's production, everything that he's done is uh, a result of who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. Not to say he's not a bad person. Mm-hmm. Not a go. I can't say what kind of person he is, but they knew his history, mm-hmm. and to to have a shit ton of history that you can see on IMDb. I'm just talking about. Things that he's been involved in, mm-hmm. and he's decided to they they've decided for his eye his 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 creative eye that they'd hire him for this thing, for them to collapse on that when that when it goes down is very dismissive of why they hired him to do the thing because that is the thing that makes this yeah. a good movie the mm-hmm. same realm of the the trauma all that stuff that he's done in the past is the same reason why Guardians is a good thing. It's that eye for cheeky humor, for, you know, the, the, the kind of... And he's made this cool dance of, like, going in and out of it in Guardians. Mm-hmm. But the thing that exists... I don't think that what he said or did... What he said... The act of posting something like that is really bad. If normally in the news that he's not coming back to direct the third movie in the series, it wouldn't have been this big story you know if they just announced james gunn won't be directing the third movie or or we don't know who's directing the third one yeah. it would be weird but it wouldn't be the most shocking news in the world it's the way he was fired i really do believe him when he says and his brother sean gunn wrote a a, a piece a public letter sort of an open letter about this that the story of the guardians movies and of these characters kind of overcoming their worst tendencies and becoming appreciative of 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 family and unity and community as opposed to being off in their own zone, that that is the story of what James Gunn was going through when he was working on this and that he grew as a person for making those movies. And I think, 
And I think you can actually feel that in those movies. That yeah. whatever we are talking about that's right, got right. that soul, it's not just that he picked the right songs or that he knows how to write these quips. It's that there is this weird soul in those movies that comes from a guy who was being very sincere about this idea of being kind of shitty and bettering yourself. Right, right. So it seems sad to me that he doesn't get to complete that. And it does seem like whoever takes the reins, it could be someone really exciting. It could be someone who's really lucky to get that shot. I'm, I'm, I'm not... I don't know what I think about the future of that, but I do know that that we'll never know what the plan was now. Yeah. And that bums me out because I feel like there was something with some real substance that James Gunn was cooking up there. Yeah. And okay, so here's the last thing I'll say too. Um so I think that I I I'm I love seriously, I really love that there's a level of accountability that we're holding people for. Like, you know, people saying inappropriate things, doing inappropriate things should be people should be held accountable one thing that i'm i pray for i mean i'm really when i say i pray i seriously man i hope that there's a time when we can differentiate degrees of this sort of act mm-hmm. right where where we can say like this is first degree this is second degree yeah this is third degree because we're lumping everything in the same category sometimes and people having that label mm-hmm can be damning for the rest of their lives so i'll say this as a person who creates comedy and it's starting out i had a level i mean even even if you go back and listen to how we used to speak how i used to speak a couple years ago on this podcast yeah there has been some consideration for the people that are listening yeah i think we've grown i think about that all the time think about who's listening think about who might feel excluded by some language you use or something you say that might just be a joke and joking is, I don't want to say that we shouldn't joke, but there is that thought of like, well, wait, what do you gain by that joke versus what you lose by that joke? Yeah. And if somebody turns off because you made a certain <clears throat> joke, yeah. that's your loss, really. <clears throat> but you're also, I don't know, it's a, it's a touchy thing, but I know what you mean. The standards are changing all the time and you have, you have to keep up with it. Yeah, and to act like it, it they, we collectively aren't a part of that process is ignoring the spectrum of growth. Yeah. I don't know. Steve, what do you think, man? I feel like we just I mean, I feel like there's so specifically James Gunn, dirt. but also the 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 general idea that that I mean, the it's a positive thing, right? That people are being held accountable, but this feels different. This feels I don't know. I I, I don't know. I, I don't disagree with anything that you guys have said. I feel yeah. like it's a bit I feel like it's a, it's excessive. I yeah. feel like it's far too um pointed of an attack to go after him for something that he said in ref- it was like I think didn't it start out with him criticizing something that Mark Duplass said about was it Ben uh, Shapiro Shapiro like it, I mean it was a tangled web but it's it was like, weird whatever but basically it was, whatever James yeah. Gunn did he tripped over these yes, these these yes, trolls yes and and that's kind of what triggered all this and I feel like I mean you're talking about you know saying 15 or 20 tweets and you're talking about a platform where somebody who's active like him like there's hundreds of tweets yeah yeah have you seen that number ten thousand tweets like he deleted ten thousand tweets. Mm-hmm. A, lot, a lot of people are now publicizing. I just deleted twenty thousand tweets. You know, right, right, right. James Gunn deleted ten thousand tweets. I've seen people take that number and say he deleted ten thousand tweets about pedophilia. Like that's what they're saying on. on those. Again, I agree with you, Ronald. That twenty pedophilia jokes is pretty weird. It's terrible. It's similar to guys who always make jokes about sexual stuff. It's like there's something going on there. If that's always the topic you go to, yeah. Or if you don't notice the tone of the room, or if you don't. So I do think there's. I do think it's embarrassing, and I do think he's right to be apologetic and everything else. I think so too. I think he's handled it pretty well. I'm surprised he didn't delete them sooner. I know, but because anyway. like apparently that wasn't the first time that somebody brought it up. 
Like it's there are articles or people have seen dated way before all this stuff got. Well, a lot of very progressive people are saying, "I don't care." It's a it's a yeah. It's a white man who has marginalized community. Like a lot of people don't like the fact that he he cast a woman of color and painted her green. A lot of people don't like that he cast an Asian woman as a character that's sort of like a lovable dunce, you know? And it's not just people on the right that are ready to say, well, I'm done with James Gunn. But I think there's a difference between the people who are legit offended by those jokes and the people who got him fired. I don't think the people who got him fired are actually offended. Not even close. Yeah. Not the same people. It's a weird time to say, let's all mobilize to get this middle-aged white guy his job back. (laughs) Right, right, right. But at the same time, it's James Gunn, and it's a series that he's responsible for making yeah. it great. I think it's excessive. I don't think I don't, I don't get it. I mean, I understand the sensitivity and whether or not <clears throat> they're appropriate or not. I mean, I would not argue that they are appropriate. I mean, I think they're inappropriate. I don't find them funny personally. Yeah. But again, this is like these. This is comedy. Tons of comedians say things that are super offensive, and yeah. and people find lots of humor in them. At the mm-hmm. same time, people were reading those. I'm sure, sure some people were laughing at them. Yeah. Maybe not the audience of the person who trolled him and went after mm-hmm. him, and maybe not the audience of most of America or most of the world, even. But you know, it's it's a shocking level of attempt at comedy that, like, you know, he was obviously going for at that time. But I don't think I don't necessarily think that, like, you know, those words and those attempts at being funny are um, on the same level of like actions that people do that right. go un. Um, unchecked or like or when they're checked people have a, a conniption about like those kinds of things to me are a whole when you're talking about degrees yeah. there's a whole different level of something that actually happens or somebody's doing something that displays what kind of person they are versus yeah. somebody who's yeah. trying to be funny right. or shocking Absolutely. or whatever it might be what I kept hearing people point out was the people were comparing it to the Roseanne, Roseanne thing yeah. and and I heard someone say it really cleanly that a racist joke is racism yeah right. Yeah. a joke about pedophilia is not pedophilia right Right. It's like there. Yes, yeah, you can question reason. why someone would think that was such a go-to thing. I actually saw where somebody went through and found the individual jokes mm-hmm. and actually said, "I'm not again. I'm not defending these jokes." Sure, but they went through and wrote out the. They said the context was he was responding to this, or this was a reference to a news story that day, or what? Like that. It was. Ne- it wasn't like he just sat down and started. Wanted to re- say that. It's like yeah. he was busting somebody's balls who had already written something offensive about him, and sure. this is. But. With all that said, it's still, yeah, it's it's not hard to believe that Disney would say, we can't work with someone who tweets things like this. What's right. weird is that they hired him and made a couple billion off of him before they decided to fire yes. him for it. That is ridiculous. Yeah, that's that's why it's fucked up, yes. in my opinion. I mean, I, my simple reaction is I don't think it's right. I don't think yeah. it's fair. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know that the cast has kind of come out in support of him, especially like Dave Bautista has been very vocal about it. And I think yeah. I saw an article today that said that they, they were trying to maybe wanting to still use his script that he had just turned in. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's so that like they don't lose their cast too. I mean, because I I mean, want... Dave, but he said, like if this script is not used, I'm going to find a way out of this movie. Oh, wow. I mean, he's like, you know, I saw where he's he said, a guardian. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'll do what I'm legally obligated to do, but he said it's nauseating. And, that, I think was we actually... day, and that was the day before yeah. what I'm referring oh, to. Geez. He made a comment directly about the script yesterday. Okay. Meaning Tuesday. And today, well, saying I'll be nauseated article. to work for Disney for yeah, doing this yeah. is pretty strong. Yeah. So, and he's, it's funny that he's the one who's the most outspoken, but in a way, don't you think Dave Bautista now has a legit movie career yes. because of James Gunn? Absolutely. And aren't you, I mean, aren't you glad he does? I think he's Absolutely. a great actor. I think Absolutely. he's, I've, well, at least he's been say, great in everything I've seen him in. Some would even say better than The Rocks in terms mm-hmm. of quality, man. I'm not talking about money, quality. 
quality. He was a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. But this, I've 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 had I mean, go beyond was, Batista. I mean, you look at these this movie series. I mean, you look at the star. Chris Pratt is a star. Yeah, because yeah. of oh Star-Lord. yeah, like yeah. that. That's yeah. you know. Yeah. So I mean, I think it's important that you know. The loyalty of like you know your cast and I mean I think it's really important that they kind of came together and released that statement, and you know it's it's very manufactured and it's very like you know it's very safe as neutral yeah. as possible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's very it's clearly like out saying, on the middle of a limb. It's not yeah. quite on the end yeah. of a limb. And he Dave Bautista is like off. Of yeah, it. no, he's like, like he's straight out like yeah. this is wrong. And I, I kind of and I got I agree. Like I don't understand. I mean there's there's tons of stuff out there if you do some research like. You know, examples of like, you know, filmmakers, actors that Disney has continued to work with or continue to employ that are, that have, again, done things. Yes. Yeah. Way more questionable. Disney than himself joke. has some oh, skeletons yeah. in the closet. Oh, beyond Disney. I'm talking in the last 10 years, like relevant yeah. r- recent movies, actors, you know, that have a history of stuff that. Plus, the cultural narrative that they push through most of their movies yeah. is a story of redemption. Yeah. And oh, it's for, and for I, sure. you know yeah. I mean that may sound pretty high no, no, highfalutin no. to say that but it's like okay you're not even there's not even, what is the value there if yeah. it's not just that there's some right wingers in the in the shareholder group that want to say oh, totally, we're, we're gonna we're not just gonna punish Roseanne's of the world we're gonna punish the James Guns of the world we're gonna show that we're not yeah. we're not progressive <laughs> we're gonna show that we're not liberal or we're gonna I don't know do it to own the libtards or whatever they're thinking but I yeah, I, feel, yeah. I feel like it's deep in the company and I hate to. It's politicized. This yeah. whole thing is politicized. So I don't feel too... I was going to say I hate to politicize it, but I'm just reacting to the political content that's already there. I just heard somebody, just to, to, to paint a picture of how weird this stuff is, a person that was talking about how terrible James Gunn was and then called a person fat like within an hour of... I'm just saying like we mm-hmm. all have things that you're, we need to totally watch right. as totally people right. that we need to work on. Do you see where Bobcat Goldthwait wrote that letter saying please remove, remove my, my voice, voice from yeah. Hercules and the the ride based on the movie because I made some pretty terrible jokes back in the day wow. but he's also really tight with James Gunn like yeah. he's been all over social media saying this is heartbreaking I know? like his show by the way I don't know if you've checked I, it out I just like Bobcat <clears throat> it's a weird ass show but it's really good it's like monsters. I saw a clip of him from one of the Sully. Police Academy movies recently, and I just love that. That too. I love yeah. that. I love him. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, at the yeah. time, it was just like he's this what? nut. I always think of him from One Crazy Summer. Yeah, with John Cusack. Uh, but his show on Wee TV is pretty funny, man. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 a it's an unfortunate situation. It's just shitty. The scrambling Period. that must be happening over there at Marvel, oh, yeah. and I really kind of want to know what the Kevin Feige people at that level, what their involvement or what they yeah. think about this. Can I say something about Kevin Feige? I don't want to see him. <laughs> He's like he's like Mark Cuban. You like his hats? No, it's just, why why is this guy talking about the movies? Why why is it that every documentary I see about the he's MCU? He's the architect, man. Yeah, he's, he's like, that's why. I mean, it's legitimate in, though. In this phase yeah. of Marvel, you see what's happening. You've watched it for decades, for a decade. But I buy now, that though. Yeah, he's the auteur. No, I, 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 get the fuck out of here, man. Dude, who do you? I don't mean wow. you get the fuck out of no, here. No, I know you didn't I mean, mean me. him get the fuck out. Nah, man. Come on. I gotta disagree with you. I don't like. I totally respect Andy him, Cohen man. is the only guy in charge of stuff that I want to see at the front. <laughs> Why? Just because he's like this he's massive personality? Amazing. He's fucking amazing. I don't wow. feel like Kevin Feige does Andy Cohen level. Yeah. He does, Come- man. I just, I've been watching, so I watched that. Were watched, you watching it in like fast Infin- forward I watched two, two times speed War. or something? It's like an hour long Infinity War like Doc, documentary yeah. and You're he's, like I was watching he's a, a bunch of behind the scenes MCU videos and he kept popping up he this kept, asshole he's like <laughs> the guy who's produced every, every one of these movies why 
because he's the guy. He's the guy that that the like actors need to talk. I don't want to see the goddamn. I want to see the director. I want to see the actors. They are spinning a story more so than like giving you a, a look behind the the curtain. He's the face that they present when when they want someone to just hype people up. Though I guess, man. I don't mind him at Comic Cons. Yeah. But there's something about seeing him in all of these things. I'm like, <laughs> all these things you keep watching. <laughs> no, I want no because I really want to see yeah, the behind. The, see this, the I really want to see the behind the scenes yeah. of like, I, especially since there's one person that knows everything that's going to happen in the MCU, and, and it's, it's him. him. Yeah. So if there's going to be one person that would be consistent through everything in the MCU, it's him. I'm not. I'm not rolling with you putting him in everything, though. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I, I don't really see what the issue is with him. Yeah, I mean, like he's like a one of a kind kind of thing. If you consider what he's done, the closest thing is what James Wan is doing with the Conjuring. I'm not saying thing. that what he's mm-hmm. doing. I'm not talking like, about his accomplishments. I think that what he's done is incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But did you but see Steve the, Jobs just, just like just, you know what? In, in every commercial, like you know what's really good. Well, he, he's not in every commercial. He he's is. on the behind-the-scenes footage. And Man. yes, I did see Steve Jobs at every single keynote presentation telling keynotes. me everything about it. Keynote is a well, equivalent keynote of like is just the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like in a similar fashion sense. I feel like I can they see do. Kevin Feige in a mock It's like the night. Comic-Con stuff is like Some what I think of like. Yeah. It's like the keynote stuff for me. Okay, okay, it's, okay That's okay, the equivalent okay. of keynote okay, stuff. Okay. Everything okay. else is like, why? Why are you here? I can't, man. We got to get him on the podcast. I've been watching yeah. a lot of, I'm just saying, so I've been watching a lot of like. Feige Schmeige. Sounds yeah, like an episode. Infinity War stuff. I've been trying to rationalize why I don't like this movie as get much as I thought. I, I'm oh saying as much as I thought that I would. Oh, okay. I just think that it wasn't quite what I want. I loved what it was story-wise. It wasn't what you wanted it to be? No. Wow. And I loved, I love the like twist. A Star Wars fan. I know, I love the twist. I love the turns. I love, I love how it ended. I love the story. It was something about the way it was thrown together. It didn't mm. watching it at home, mm-hmm. it hit me a little harder. I was like, all right, all right, all right this was a thing. <laughs> it wasn't bad though. I didn't say it was bad. It was just not. Watch it again. When's the last time you guys watched it? I mean, watched it in the movies. When's the last I saw time? it twice in the movies. And I liked. Have you watched it at home? I saw one. Watch it at home. Watch it at home. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> And if you still like it, watch it on a smaller screen until you don't like it. I'm not going to keep doing it. I'm not going to like. Watch it through a viewfinder, (laughs) a little scope, scope from the beach. Go around the corner and hold up a mirror. Now watch it on your iPhone. Now watch it through. It was terrible. It was jittery, and it was through a mirror. (laughs) Now watch it through a window of somebody's house. It really bugged me how that movie was through a mirror that I was watching around the corner. I'm going to play it at 10 o'clock tonight. Watch it from my backyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll leave a window. I'll leave a window. You'll feel so different about it. Kevin, I'm glad I got that off my chest about Kevin, man. I had I to believe you. bother me, man. <laughs> what if he starts doing cameos after Stan Lee dies? <laughs> I would trade that if he's not in a documentary. <laughs> oh my I'm God. serious. If he just pops up and is like, hey, God. Because that's essentially what... <laughs> Stan Lee started to become a parody of himself yeah. after a while in oh, those movies. Stan Lee. Stan Lee was a parody of himself before they ever made a movie. <laughs> true. This is true. I mean, I love him, but he's yeah. a huckster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we know... like. Uh, next time I'm gonna really think hard about. Next time I see Kevin Feige in a little a little clip, I'm gonna think really hard about it because I've just been thinking like, oh, Kevin Feige, but I'm not thinking like, no. why is he here? Why do they why keep wheeling him what? out? What? Why? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. 
<laughs> I don't get it, man. I don't get the like putting. There's such a unique thing happening though with MCU is that like there they, is they 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 have this like really unheard of thing ever. You mm. know, it's so cliche to say like these all these ten year things that they've produced for it, yeah. but it, it genuinely is like something special. And I think the it reason is. maybe it's like seems so weird to you like that you're seeing him so much. I think it's because like I said before, he is the through line, and I feel like you know they are notorious for having enough oversight that they know what movies they're putting out and they have like this Marvel look to them and mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. But they do give filmmakers enough uh, autonomy to go make the movie they want to make in most cases. So I think that's a consistent thing. But I think it's, I think for the MCU, especially for Infinity War, that is the culmination of those 10 years. So not to defend him, but... You are. I am. Because I feel like he needs to be defended because I feel like he's deserved it and I'm, he's earned it. I'm going to give you like... three names of people I don't want to see anymore. Dana White of the UFC. Okay. That's easy for me. Don't know about Done. him. Done. Don't forgotten. Done. Uh, Mark it. Cuban, who's always... That's rude. Sure. Yeah. Kevin Feige. I can't let him. I, I, I got to fight for Kevin. I don't hate him, man. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying like I see him too much. He's always commenting on things. He also tweets too. He also tweets a ton too. He's like, "Yeah, hey guys, you guys are gonna be so excited." Shut the fuck. You know why he says that? Look how many millions of followers he has. He, Kevin. it's weird, right? Yeah. He really is like the face of the MCU. He is. It's strange, right? It's weird. Like beyond Downey and me, like Chris hit, Evans, hit me like a ton of bricks. Foggy is like the guy yeah. that people talk about when Marvel news comes up. I think that's what it was. He's the one that has the answer. I watched the Comic Con stuff that he was in yeah. and then i watched the document i was like this is too yeah. much he's all over i can see that then because yeah. he's all over both of them get out of here get out of here get, get out of here kevin <laughs> all right moving on all right sir <laughs> what's our next topic um i think we all saw the british horror comedy you might call it ghost stories yeah man what'd you guys think of ghost stories Ghost Stories hits a hits a bunch of different genres for me. I mean, mainly horror, but you know, with with elements of like humor and stuff like yeah. that. And I think that you know, people talk a lot about how different British humor is than American humor. Um, and there's something about the way this tackles all of the things and in the interconnected stories that this mm -hmm. has that really makes me feel like I don't feel like that about everything. I felt like that about this. This felt very distinct this felt very like unique to the region that it was filmed in mm -hmm. um i loved it man it, it wasn't the best thing i've ever seen but it is one of those you things don't have that, to say that i know you can just say i loved it i loved it <laughs> i'm not gonna assume it but was what the best i'll, thing but what I'll say about that is like i so, am I, there Damn things, you, John. this must be the best thing ronald's ever seen i'm gonna call kevin feige <laughs> i'm gonna say something there are things that i've seen more there's things that i've liked more than ghost stories that I would not watch as much as I'd watch Ghost Stories. Totally know what you're I watch saying. Ghost Stories again. I totally get I'll it. I'll watch it again. Like in the 70s, I feel like there were all these British movies that were kind of anthology movies like that, based on the same comics, but not related to the later television show. But there's one called Tales from the Crypt that that this movie kind of reminded me of okay, in a way. Gotcha. Because it's like an anthology of different stories, but there's a connective tissue mm. between them. And it's a way of getting into those different stories. Now I want to check it out. Stories. Check it out. Well, I mean, I'm not even necessarily recommending that movie. It's very campy. I've heard them referred to as portmanteau films, meaning like, you know, films that are like cobbled together from, oh, from okay. different elements gotcha. but um but no so i feel like it's it's there's a campiness to it almost yeah, yeah. that's Definitely. kind of subdued under a pretty modern horror style and yeah. I, I i feel like there were a couple of moments that i mean you i think we've mentioned yeah there's one segment in particular it is an anthology show or an anthology movie where a character is going around to investigate these different hauntings yeah but the first story got 
got pretty creepy. Yeah, the, yeah. the Night Watchman. The Night Watchman, yeah. I guess. It was filmed really well. Yeah. It used sound in a way that I just hadn't really seen in a while. Like, yeah. it just... I, It's one of those movies I watched and I was like, man, somebody's going to imitate this in a really bad way in a couple of years. Sure. It's just, I don't know. It has its own thing, and I, I love films that feel like that. Yeah, I, was, I liked it a lot, too. I yeah. thought that that specific story stood out to me. Um I like what they did with the sound. I liked like the spatial relationship, like when he yeah. starts walking down the halls, investigating these sounds and all mm-hmm. these things. Like, you know, kind of losing, like kind of thinking, you know, the 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 path that he's taking, mm-hmm. and then you kind of start questioning, like, where is he now? Like, is he kind of lost now? Does he know his way back now? Right, right. <clears throat> like, so that's kind of good because it kind of you get thrown off and you become disoriented. Yeah. Because of the repetition of like, you know, you hear the noise and you go yeah. investigate it. And each time you hear it, you go a little further to the point that I think he might not know where he's at now. Yeah. I don't, maybe he does, you know, yeah, but well. you as a viewer wonder that. Mm-hmm. And that throws you off and that immediately makes you more susceptible to like, not jump scares, but like those jarring moments. Right, and, right. and there's a couple really good scares. Yeah. In that story specifically, and even throughout the other two, but, but I feel like that was the one that was the most. Yeah, like if the other two had carved out their own space quite as quite as well as that one yeah. did, it would have been really noteworthy. Instead, yeah. it was just like the the second two stories were just kind of creepy and interesting. Right, I mean, right. it was continually well shot and well acted, and Martin Freeman has a lot to do in this movie, and he's. Yeah. We've talked about him before. I just love he's Martin Freeman. I think man. he's so great. He's so good. And he can turn on the comic side or the creepy side. He's good in both sort of roles. And the lead guy, Andy Nyman, I believe is the actor who also co-wrote and co-directed the movie yeah. uh, with Jeremy Dyson. Anyway, Jeremy Dyson and Andy Nyman wrote the play that this movie was based mm, on. I didn't realize that. A play? Yeah, apparently, wow. apparently it was a long-running play. That's, By the way, awesome. I, I did find this uh, portmanteau films from it's, uh, one company called Amicus that made them in the 60s and the 70s. Mm. And it says, these films typically feature four or sometimes five short horror stories linked by an overarching plot featuring a narrator and those listening to his story. There's one called Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, uh, Torture Garden, The House That Dripped Blood, and Tales from the Crypt, which I mentioned. Very cool. So, wow. But I will say that, yeah, this could have been helped a lot if the... If the second story and the third story had reached a, a culmination that felt quite as yeah. unsettling. Because what happens yeah. in that first story, like his ultimate predicament in The Haunting, is horrifying. Yeah. You don't even really uh-huh. understand how he, like, I don't want to give too much away about yeah. the movie, but these people are telling about what happened to them. So you, you know they all survive yeah. what they encounter. But a couple of those don't seem to end in a survival type no. situation for the for the sure. character. So It does something with with space that I'd never seen. Like, the idea that, like, you know how things change in an environment? But they're so far away from each other. I've never seen something be that so far, uh, that far away. So like, something's like down the hall. You go down the hall, and then the other thing is all the way down the hall. Mm-hmm. I've never seen. Yeah, like where you came from. Yeah, where you came so from much changes further. so yeah. much further. Because a lot of the times in in horror films, especially like ones that are kind of trying to imitate this the 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 Conjuring world, is like they'll have like something shift, like so like a doll is on the yeah. ground now and then you pick up the doll and that's right next to you but there's something about traveling to get, to get there to it, yeah. that makes it so much scarier well because you gotta get you know if you were that guy yeah you, each step you take is another triumph of, of your courage <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. so yeah. you have to get all the way down the hall and then you're down at this end and then something happens behind you and at that point you're just—I mean, if you've ever been in a situation where you're scared and you have to keep checking shit out, you know, <laughs> right, right. like you're the grown-up, you do have that feeling of like, oh god, just, right, right. just, 
but you still have to do it. Like you still have to, you know, go out and check to make sure a door mm. is locked or whatever. So no, I think that it, it that story in particular. Yeah. Anytime you're in a place late at night, and I think that's so that's the, the remoteness of that, the loneliness of it, yeah. plus the idea that it's a it's an abandoned yeah what a, was asylum that? for women or something. There was some weird yeah. you know hospital or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's a bit of a cliche, but since these stories are meant to be almost like ghost stories that someone's telling to you. Yeah. Um, I, I dig the whole, like, wraparound of these little stories in terms of, like, our our lead actor, our narrator, our storyteller is, like, all about the de- debunking thing. Yeah. You know? And, like, oh, the man, idea that good. he had an idol that... The, the, the story is that he has this idol that, like, basically went missing himself and, you know, he ends up contacting him and... and yeah, the narrator slash... Yeah. He's a bit like a documentarian yeah. that we're following around. His story is, is interesting. You're right. And, and you know, the idea that, like, there were three stories he was never able to, like, solve yeah. or, or debunk yeah. or explain. So that's, like, a cool le- jumping off point to go into some pretty crazy stories. And yeah. they are. You know, they're pretty they're pretty out there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to talk too much about it because it's to probably, to, you know, kind of spoil anything, but... It's a pretty clever movie. I mean, I was glad we finally got to see it. It's weird that I heard so many good things about it and just kind of like disappeared. Mm-hmm. Right? And it finally came out on VOD. But um, I definitely would, it's a it's a check it out or go ahead for me. I, I mm-hmm. thought it was really good. And it's just kind of thing like Ronald was saying, like I really liked it and it is something I could easily put on again and watch casually. Right. And like, it's a movie I could go back to for sure. Yeah, the yeah. quality level in general is very high. Yeah. And it's very neat and tidy. Yeah. Like, when, especially when you get around to the end of the wraparound, the way everything ties up is very, it's it, not to say that you want everything to be explained, but to the extent that you need to understand certain things to put the movie in a, right. in sort of, to encapsulate it. You you end the movie definitely feeling like you have the information to, to recontextualize everything yeah. else. And I right. think that's a, that's a, that's just, I don't know, it's kind of what I was expecting because that's what they often do in these portmanteau films where you you know the wraparound. You slowly realize that the wraparound is it has its own story, story and is in yeah. fact maybe yeah. part of the story. Sure, but you almost need to start off with this aloof narrator who doesn't think he's part of the story. Yeah, because you know? you've seen that a million times, and that actually can be kind of a sign of a weak movie if your protagonist doesn't have a real role yeah. to play. Yeah. And so as that grows in the movie, I think you start to feel the general sense that no, nothing is safe in yeah. this world. You know, at the end, I was like, "Am I a fool? Yeah, I'm <laughs> just not noticed all these hints." That was yeah. cool, man. Yeah, so that was fun. So, Ghost Stories, where is that right now? I know that we saw it. Um, I think I was- it's, I haven't seen it listed. I tried to find it in theaters around me within like 30, 40 miles, and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it looks like it's just VOD for now. Hopefully, it gets on like a platform like Netflix so people can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's one other movie that we've all seen that I think we should talk about, and it actually relates to uh, the, uh, the the very Rickrollable, mustachioed mm-hmm, face mm-hmm. Of, of Henry Cavill. I know we've all seen it. What do you guys think of Mission Impossible Fallout? Can I say that I'm glad that we're talking about it after some weeks have passed? I'm, I'm, I know that sounds... Sure, no. But, but I, think, I think what it is, too, is like some perspective as things are coming out just how impactful it still is yeah um go ahead steve no you go ahead um okay i was sitting in the theater and i had a very distinct thought about this movie as i'm watching it croobs croobs yes (laughs) first thought was croobs second thought was have these movies gotten to a point where i'm looking forward to them more than the james bond movies easily yes yeah that happened 
like two but movies ago. You, sometimes you want to give it the benefit of the doubt. Like I think, sure, this was this was a harder one because you know Tom Cruise is a little older. You know he gets a little older. Uh, he's still very as mobile. one does. Yeah, he he still runs like T one thousand. Have you seen those tweets about like how he's the same age as? Wilford Brimley was in Cocoon. In in Mission Impossible that 6, he's crazy. He's only four years younger than Alec Baldwin in real life. Wow. I mean, and it's like Alec Baldwin doesn't look bad for his <laughs> no, age. No, not at all. No, no, no. You're he's right. Like he's just boss. he's a handsome, middle-aged yeah. grown-up. He's an adult to Tom Cruise in that yeah. movie. Like, when, when, when Alec Baldwin's talking to Tom Cruise, I feel like a parent is talking to a child. He's also in that superior. Movie. Yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, just, just. And it's so great that they cast they him have different presents, in that role man. because of that skill yeah. at delivering yeah. lines. And, and then, and, you know, the, the. Well, well. Even if they were talking in real life, yeah. I'm yeah. saying. Yeah, yeah no, I know. The two of them talking to each other, you'd be like, this guy has a lot more life yeah. lived than Tom Cruise, even though he's Tom Cruise. But, man, I loved. That fucking movie. It's great. It's really well it's one done. One of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. And I, I mean, and I went. I went back and I missed a little bit of it at the first time I saw it, and I was worried that it was like affecting my feelings about it. Yeah. But I was able to go back and see it again, and um, I fucking love that movie. Every action scene in it is the best action scene I've ever seen. Yeah. In any other movie, right? Like yeah. standalone. That's the, that and, makes that movie immediately better. And I mean, it, it, I'm putting it in that category with movies like Fury Road, sure, where you just say, okay, I was watching it. And and getting increasingly both both mentally processing oh wow this is these are actual stunt people and this yeah. is these are actual vehicles and they did as much th- as they could physically yeah. mm-hmm. and that takes such orchestration and ingenuity but also buying into you know like like yeah on both it so satisfies you in both yeah. categories of like wow the craft of the filmmaking and yeah. the action set piece the way it's orchestrated and the stunts and everything that's beautiful but you're also going holy shit oh and like yeah. ducking down and i was literally like leaning forward in mission impossible that that third act i was practically levitating above my seat i was yeah. just, i don't know, remember a time when i've been that engaged and thrilled to be manipulated like that like yeah. i was going like ah, i was practically giggling yeah. it made me so happy that, and they would cut to another part and and they were stretching it out for sure but they're cross cutting all these things that are happening at one time so they they don't yeah, cheat three climaxes. they don't cheat quite yeah, as much as yeah. they make it seem like they are but they still what what is that a 30 35 minute yeah. sequence that is really 15, 15 minutes of timer yeah. you know I but like each the, character has a little triumph or a, a yeah, plot line. Definitely. I thought that was really deftly handled. Yeah. I like the Tom Cruise in this movie, in the context of this movie, is kind of a fuck up, kind of like a like he's a rogue agent. Like they don't know what he's gonna do. They kind of don't think that he's. They know he's good at his job, obviously, right? right? But there's like this level of unpredictability that that is faked in a lot of movies that they try to convey in a lot of movies. That I feel with him, yeah. Like I'm like I don't know what he's gonna do. I don't know who he's gonna. I don't know what the fuck he's gonna do. And wild some, card. Yeah, he feels very much <laughs> like a wild card. <laughs> there's some. There's yeah, some, you're right. The you're last right. act felt like a video game yeah. in the way that like you need all these parts to work at the same time and mm-hmm. people are working together. And there's something. I like about, that Bing Rames' contract has something in it that's Bing like. Um, Bing Rhames does not want to walk fast. No, in this movie he doesn't. He doesn't Hell want no. a scene that requires him to move from one side of the room to the other. Something where he's cutting wires and just like <laughs> consoling somebody would be great. But no, they give everybody yes yeah, something to do in that climax. It's always a personal thing. These villains are always. It's always yeah. about Ethan Hunt. But this movie does a great job of making that really front and center in the story. Chris McQuarrie, 
who wrote and directed this and has written some great films and has directed some fine films. I mean, I think this puts him up there amongst the greats. You know, he made that Jack Reacher movie that we all enjoyed, too. The guy has a knack for action yes. and making making these character beats through action really have weight. And yeah. I also think there is, as you said, <clears throat> Ronald, the, the, the phenomenon of Tom Cruise can't be can't be overestimated in terms of what it means to this. And yeah. you've Steve had pointed out a few times that this is sort of the Tom Cruise franchise. Oh, for sure. I think I think yeah. one, one thing about Mission Impossible that I really love, and this is like Mission Impossible is like an homage to all of like a lot of different types of movies, right? Like the the action movies like Terminator. There's a lot of martial arts in it, which mm-hmm. is very like not American. That, yeah. That's like that kind of boom that kind of happened in you know the seventies and eighties and nineties. Those things happened in order for this movie to happen because mm-hmm. you know who's just going to be kicking and punching without <laughs> some kicks and you know some karate kicks and punches and stuff like that. It's literally changed the way that people fight in movies. I don't mm-hmm. know, if, like you know, if you're into that kind of stuff, but it makes it more palatable when you see it in a you know Mission Impossible. Tom Cruise flipping somebody over his back, doing mm-hmm. like. Martial arts moves and Henry Cavill just being a beast. We need to see more. I like brute strength in a movie, and I think that we don't get that a lot. We don't get a lot of like that fight cool. scene in the bathroom. There was a lot of throat damage. Do you notice a how lot many of that, man. chokes, like punches, and yeah. hooked by a pipe? And um, there's we're definitely going to have to do a little bit of a spoiler section with this movie because there's certain things that are worth talking about that I don't think we can reveal. But I okay. think anyone listening at this point knows. If, you know, this is the movie you wanted to see a couple weeks ago already, and if not, you've probably heard from people that it's really great. So I, I, I feel like people know yeah, where people know where they stand with right. this type of movie. But I would say that if you're not an action movie person, get, get out of here. I think you still could enjoy this movie. You think so? I think you could enjoy. I totally it. agree with you. I think it's just that well done. I mean, there's yeah. just so much of an attempt to make it excellent. I mean, it matters to Tom Cruise. It yeah. matters to the studio. I mean, I think Chris McQuarrie did not want to mess around and make a, a you know, a halfway there movie. The cast, everybody in it comes ready to to do this thing and it's just like I mean, I wondered if if Henry Cavill was at different points throughout the movie going, "Shit, Tom Cruise is like what, 10, 15 years older than him." It must yeah. up the ante for all the other oh, actors sure. who are the physicality and it made me wonder is that something they look for when they want to bring someone in right. for these movies do they find someone who's daring and fearless because there were some stunts Absolutely. there were some moments that looked like Henry Cavill was doing some pretty pretty daring stunt yeah, work in this yeah. too there's a really good interview that the uh, Cavill Rebecca Ferguson and Tom Cruise are on the Graham Norton show and that's something he says like Tom Cruise says is that like we're we're trying to bring people into these movies that want to do stunts I want to make it look real, mm-hmm. and I want to entertain people that are paying to see your movie. Yeah. yeah, and that's like that's fucking amazing. Yeah, and like to see if you're down for that. Like Rebecca Ferguson's amazing in this movie. Yeah, she's like, fantastic. She's amazing. Like, yeah, you know she was great in Rogue Nation. I mean, arguably better in this film. Yes, but I, I think just, her first big fight scene in Rogue Nation might still be yeah. better than anything she got to do in this movie. Sure, but she was such a badass character, and someone was asking if Tom Cruise left the franchise, who could step in? And I was thinking like, well. Haven't they kind of already? Isn't she sort of already on the bench as like the next big right. badass? Especially right. if she's already. I mean, no one's Tom Cruise. Yeah. That's the weird thing is replacing him is. It's weird. It's Don't a weird it. thing to want to do. But I mean, saying if, at some point if he wants to stop. But when do you picture him wanting to stop? He's not stopping. He's, he's going to be doing stop. ten or twelve of these things. Yeah. And, he's, and I read somewhere. This is so. This is kind of to your point, Steve. I love this. I, 
that when they are working on these movies, they pre-visualize these, the stunts and the action sequences a lot. And they're always coming to, they are, we joke about how it's like Tom Cruise wants to hang off the side of a spaceship or he wants to jump across a canyon. That is kind of how they approach these movies. It's like, what can we do? And I read where, I think it was Christopher McQuarrie said that when they're in that stage, if they suggest something that sounds really cool and it's like, what if we do this crazy stunt? And then this rolls down the thing and it blows up. Tom Cruise's first question is always, but how can we make people see that it's me? Like, yeah, let's work on yeah. that stunt, but how are you going to see that it's me? Where are you going to put the camera? How are we going to work it out? It's part of the concept for him is that it's not just the ego. I'm sure there is a lot of ego with this yeah, guy. Yeah, for sure. But on another level, he knows that that charge we get when we can tell. Because we've seen a lot of digital shit that looks pretty good. Yeah. But it doesn't look as good as Tom Cruise hanging on the bottom of a fucking helicopter and no. sliding down that rope. Last year, we were talking about Mummy not being that great or yeah. Jack Reacher 2 kind of flopping. I think American, American Made, Made, which yeah. was kind of a non-starter. It was a decent movie, but a yeah, I like that one. This movie to me says now that time, what that thing is that he does, it's so alive and well. And it's weird that this movie, this series might be the only place where that is like yeah. safe. I came out of Mission Impossible Fallout saying other movie makers or popcorn filmmakers in general are not trying this hard. Period. No. And oh, I loved Infinity period. War. I loved Solo. There's a lot of movies that I love where they're fun, but I don't get that sense when I come out of it of just buzzing yeah. of like, what were those maniacs doing? You know that crazy jump that he did that they, they talk about constantly? The Halo it, jump? That wasn't what impressed me. It was the the scene, the the footage when he was running. To oh, me... It's real. Yeah. Was cri- There's somebody running in front of him, jumping out with him. Yeah. Have you seen the behind the scenes footage of no. that jump? No. It's gonna. It will blow your mind. That I don't know why that got to me so much. Cause, cause what it was was they're like, okay, this isn't a soundstage. He's yeah. running on top of a building. Right. Yeah. That was a like close, the, like mid shot. Then when it zooms out and you see that top view of him running, and then it zooms into his face, yeah. and they do it again, and it's further out. Yeah. Like, who else besides Tom Cruise would run basically the equivalent of a football field? Yeah. To do this jump, man, yeah. it, it was so seamless. They did it in a way that just felt very like all the shots that we're kind of talking about were shot like that. They're like medium shots, so you see what he's doing. Goes out, goes back in, and it's like a big shot where you're like, "This is the scale of all this stuff yeah. in relation to what he's about to do." It's crazy, man. Yeah, I. Yeah, you should try to find some of that. I'll look it up, man. Like the the helicopter stuff is really impressive, and yeah, like the bathroom yeah. scene. But the halo jump is really cool because like that I'm I'm talking about the high altitude low yeah. oxygen jump at the beginning when right, him right. and him and Henry Cavill jump yeah. out. Like it's really cool because like there's literally a camera guy in the plane that's shooting everything when they're in yeah. the plane and there's a guy that's jumping in front of Tom Cruise. And like basically like if you notice the movie and if you see it again you'll see it really quickly like when they jump out you can see like the focus pull come in and out and like when he gets and in order yeah. to pull him into focus like he had to be like in Within like three inches of the uh, of the camera, like the guy jumping below him. So Tom Cruise is like literally drifting in and out of focus intentionally, yeah, to make it sh- so that you're seeing that like there's no yeah. there's no cuts, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing like his face come in. It's not like his I face really like this, in man. a mask or in like a yeah. wind machine or whatever. Man, he's a it's beast, amazing. Man. It's amazing. People, it's, people gonna miss the fuck out of him when he. Oh, when I don't. Yeah, when he you're, you're stops so right. acting, is he gonna die? Doing a stunt, <laughs> man. Look, Maybe. at this I point, know. I don't know, man. He he keeps upping the ante to the point where I'm like, come on, man. Like, I mean, he's going to be seventy, passing it on to <laughs> yeah. right. They better write the movie so that whatever scene he dies in, we've got a story <laughs> that works, right? Um, so yeah, we 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 obviously think if you like 
action. If you like big, if you like, yeah, lo- you know, globe trotting. If you like Simon Pegg, if you like, I, I, I if you like Ving Rhames, this is the movie for you yeah, this summer. Yeah. For all the takes that there are about this franchise, mm-hmm. the one that really I feel like resonates with me after seeing this sixth installment. I, I think there's a really strong argument to be made that it, it's possibly like one of one of if not the best franchises in movie going right now. Quietly, it I'll is. Give you that. It doesn't feel tired at this point. I did see it on a giant IMAX screen with a really happy crowd, and I mean, it was one of the best movie going experiences I've had in a long time. It yeah, was good man. Same here, man. So, can we go into a few spoilers just to talk a little bit about about where this movie sure. goes? Sure, sure, sure. Um, so, if you're listening, you know. Jump off. Mm-hmm. Take a halo jump out yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> um, so I just want to talk about Henry Cavill's character's development in this movie. And mm-hmm. that at the end of this movie, he has become like... You know how in the Bond movies, usually the the main bad guy is sort of not a physical bad yeah. guy? Mm-hmm. And he dies... Like there's an explosion that takes him out. Yep. And Bond's last fight is usually with the henchman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man... they. They made such a great Bond henchman out of Henry Cavill. Yeah. His physicality, the fact that half his face is burned off, and he's just mad as hell at <laughs> yeah. Ethan Hunt, and just wants like <laughs> you feel the anger. Yeah. That last fight would have been great no matter who they got. But I feel like Henry Cavill. Really, I really feel like you have to appreciate how much that character. He's a good foil for Ethan Hunt, and he's kind of played for a fool in the middle of the movie, and then at the end, it's just brute force. Yeah. I loved that last fight. I loved how they kept coming back, and I loved that in the end, the only way to kill him was to hook a helicopter to his fucking face. <laughs> Drag him off the fucking mountain. <laughs> Knock him off the cliff. And it's like, they even showed us in the shot of him tumbling down, like, his head hits the rock and kind of explodes. Yes. Like, no, don't worry, he's not climbing he's back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the cool things, uh, like, Chris McQuarrie's, like, been doing tons of press and podcasts, like, you know, he's on a ton of lists that I listen to. And one of the things he keeps talking about with... Uh, with Henry Cavill's character and even just like the villain, the bigger villain of this film, was that his big goal with this movie was to have a physically imposing force for Ethan Hunt. Like yeah. in most other films, it's always more often than not, it's been more of an intellectual game of a dance of, you know, who's going to outsmart the other. Like someone like with that. a lot of goons, but you don't yeah, feel like those any guys other. are there. Yeah. But like that's not who is, that's not who you're seeing in the last five minutes of the movie mm-hmm. or 10 minutes of the movie, whatever. So oh, I mean, that's cool. It's was... really cool that like that's a that was like a thought out thing that like this is not normally what happens. He's usually gone a little earlier, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is the this is the guy in this movie. There's still another villain looming, you know, yeah. with the you know, Rebecca Ferguson has her scene with another villain. Mm. Awesome fucking a scene. Great scene. And so you got you get these two massive top level boss fight scenes happening yeah. edited together so well. And uh and you have this like both physical, both intellectual people. But for Ethan, it's like a it's a force, it's a physical force. In other yeah. Mission Impossible movies, he really hasn't really been up against. Yeah, which is really it's really cool. fucking. Cool. And it doesn't end, man. They it starts out as a helicopter chase that turns into yeah. a crashed helicopter roll battle that turns yeah. into a you know a fisticuffs. fisticuffs. Uh, yeah, yep. Henry Cavill's reaction to Tom Cruise getting oh, I love the the, the fury like, on his face. What? He goes from being he's irritated like, to just being what? furious. Yeah. He's like, what's going on? This is this is too far. I got I'm gonna kill him now. Yeah, it's it's cool to see a a good actor like Henry around Tom Cruise and see how they work off of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I'm. This was what I've always wanted to see Henry Cavill in just physicality and I mean, because I knew he was a big guy, but. Seeing him in relation to Tom Cruise, and look, I know Tom Cruise isn't a tall dude, but Henry 
Yeah, he's a big guy. massive dude. Which mm. makes me think that they kind of made him look smaller in the like DC stuff. Well, Affleck's kind of jacked. He's big. Yeah, yeah, he's a big dude, so, but like he's around everybody Mo-Mo else. Was big. Is the robot big. dude big? He's a is he a big dude? Uh, Ray something. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, he's. I did not know he was that. Big well, of a Tom dude. Cruise is little, so yeah. that's another thing. I can't wait to see this movie again. No, I want to see it again too. I, I saw see, it in Dolby first, it. and then I saw it at AMC Prime, which mm-hmm. I never watched it in before, uh-huh. which is pretty awesome. Showing, um, I don't really know what the difference is. I need to research that. Yeah, but yeah, that that Re- mm. that Rebecca Ferguson fight with what's the actor who played uh, Sean Harris? Sean Harris, so good. Yeah, like he's got so much more to do in this too than the last one. He was he was good in, yes. in the last one, but I feel like in this and the fact that he survives. I love that he's turning into kind of a like, like yeah. There's like a sequel, yeah. like yeah. a direct sequel to five. Like this is the first time they've really done that. But love you know, you know, I was going into this worrying about Benji, and I think they knew, they knew they had us worried about Benji. <laughs> yeah. That scene, I watched that, I was like, oh, oh, John's probably sweating bullets right now. <laughs> they did such a good job though of making it so that if he had died, it would have been a satisfying death. Yes, because yeah. even while he's dying, he did a couple things that contributed to the fight. Yeah. That's always a tip off that a character's not gonna die. Yeah. Is if it feels like an afterthought kind of death or like a death they didn't spend much time on, but that would have felt like an earned sure. final act. Well, totally. we saved the world, but we lost Benji. That would have yeah. been the, the the kind of note this movie could have ended on. But when you see how it ended, I don't think they were really interested in. I mean, I think for the foreseeable future, they like that they have this team of people they can bring in and bring back for a movie. You know, Fink Rames has been nothing more than a cameo for a couple of yeah. these, but he had a lot to do in this. I do like his like you know Ethan. Oh no, I love him. That's something about him. I'm, doing I've, that I've all got the no time. problems. With, with Ving Rhames I just think him. he's funny that he's he finally a, had a moment in yeah movie. he did man a couple moments and, you know uh, when he got emotional yeah I got kind of emotional I was like yeah. man he really does love these dudes no he does I was ready to believe that they would have killed him at the beginning like when was, he got shot, shot I was, I was like well because sure I felt like this was the movie you know they did with the trailer make me think that this was the movie where Ethan Hunt was going to lose everybody. Yeah. And I think that was clever, and I'm glad they didn't go that direction with the team, and I'm glad especially they didn't kill off the the wife, the ex-wife, because I think that uh, the way they resolved that storyline in this, it feels like they put it to bed. Yeah. So the next movie doesn't have to be about him trying to divide his time and look after her. Yep. Thank God. Um, she's with nice old, prematurely ancient looking uh, Wes, Wes Bentley. Bentley. <laughs> yeah. But I, I thought that was good. Like, I thought that... Did he seem a little pushy? I like I like that they gave so... him that beat at the end where he's like Doc or whatever. Yeah. But, I, but he is just like he's just there to seem like impossibly nice. You know yeah. what I mean? And and good so he that you see nice. that you see that her life is is good. is good. Yeah. So come but, on, stay. You can. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll take Damn. you. Like, come on, man. <laughs> I was giving out back rubs in a minute. Come on over here. I'll rub you down. No, but uh, I like that. But man. the way that ending had everybody he cared about in that same play, like yeah. th- as far yeah. as a villain's plan, I thought that was a really a really clever way to go. Yeah. And I do think the ticking clock, as cliche as it is, they they milked it for everything it was worth. And I was ready to believe Benji could have died. I was ready to believe one of the bombs might go off. Or yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen but in the end it seems apparent of course they weren't going to yeah. set off a nuke you know what scene I love it doesn't get a lot of attention is when he is meeting with the white widow mm-hmm. and he sees like what their what their plan is like yeah. to break uh, laying out <clears throat> I love when he said when he says what's the plan and instead of having like the exposition of them showing the plan yeah. they actually like shot a full <laughs> section of the movie where they're that, showing the plan that yeah, felt yeah. like it went yeah. dark it would happen I was it like, felt oh, like it was happening yeah. I was like I was oh like, my god how he, yeah. just, he just shot a guy yeah. in the yeah. face <laughs> <laughs> and then he snaps out of it I'm like oh my god but but the reason that that's so good though 
is because I feel like this one, more than most of the other mission films, like, it really humanizes Ethan Hunt a lot more. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, you see a lot more of the emotional, the mental toll, the anguish of, like, what's been balanced over these six movies and, like, what's been lost, what's been sacrificed. Maybe not to a physical, like, death or anything like that, but just, like, your your peace of mind, your sanity. Like, yeah. the fact that when he's picturing this happening, the first, like, the thing that snaps him out of it is taking somebody's life. Right, yeah. You know, that, that's not what he's going to do. And, like, and that's what they call him out for in the next scene. We're like, oh, you're against killing cops? And he's like, well, I've killed mm-hmm. women and children with smallpox or whatever, you know, like, as the character. I'm yeah. smiling because I love how, you said it, Ronald, he's so, he's so rogue that everybody in this movie is like, what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, why is, what's he doing? He's knocking it into the, you didn't tell us this was your plan. I mean, I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's like you just, there's. Yes. There's these unseen scenes yeah. of him forming the plan that that is actually in place, you know. But I love that it's just even him going through that particular grading was part of the plan. Yeah. Like, and that was yeah. a, what a great moment. Um, when he messed that mission up, when mm-hmm. they were trying to get the little yeah. ball, and he really fucked it up. I was like, man, this I like this. Yeah, yeah. He like really screwed he up. They're like, up. nah, you. And they kept saying it over and over again. They're like, it's because you did this. (laughs) Because you did it. Because you messed it up. Because they're going to die. They're going to die because of you. What's great about that is that they did play that next scene where they have the guy in the the hospital room. You know, I was like, man, this is dark. Three minutes, 10 minutes into the movie, and they've already set off three nukes. (laughs) And I was willing to believe it. The same way I was when when, when I thought he got got. got. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, what I love about that, though, was who knew that Wolf Blitzer was going to have my favorite line of the summer? When he comes in and says, did we get it? Yeah. Oh my God! I was like, I was laughing and crying and jumping out of my seat. Do you know that what I'm talking about? Absolutely. Like when I started to feel it that that was what was happening when the wall fell down and Tom was just sitting in the seat or Ethan sitting in the seat, sitting in the chair looking at the guy, and the guy's like, (laughs) and then I was thinking, I think I told one of you this that I was thinking, oh wait, we haven't had the titles yet. Yeah. Because I've been waiting for that moment when dun dun dun. They always give you a big moment. Yeah. That was so elaborate. That was so satisfying. That that was was just joyous. Yeah. This is a. This is a. A place that has like an infinite amount of money, so mm-hmm. like I guess it makes sense that they would do whatever they could to save yeah. them. But that I never would have ever imagined. I've a lot of the gags. How I've long seen, has the guy been asleep? What did he say? You've been asleep for yes. two weeks. Oh my god! Well, man. it was two weeks, and it was like an hour. Yeah, was, right. And we and, so and like Benji's the one that ran him off the road. <laughs> yeah, and in, in an hour they set that up, and yeah. he got the Wolf Blitzer out there. Yeah. So good, man. So good. how do we get a hold of one of those laptops that print yeah. the face masks? Oh, I need. We that. need one of them. I mean, because a lot, some of those gags I've seen before, like the the hanging gag that mm-hmm. was happening, not a gag, that scene that was happening, I've seen that yeah. in like movies before. But that first scene, I have no, I'm, I promise you, I've never seen anything like it before. Not anything done that well. <clears throat> well, because you like, were ready to believe this was going to be the mad yeah. Ethan Hunt movie where he's furious, you yeah, know, and he's under the gun. But like, oh man, all those people dying. I was like, yeah. oh god, yeah. You know something? We, I want to just one of the last things I want to say, and this is more of like if you haven't seen it already, hopefully we didn't spoil too much. I should have said this a little earlier. Yeah. Maybe you can do some magic, John. <laughs> Please just go see the movie. Like one All thing right, I will right. say, it, it was number one two weekends in a row. Hasn't I don't think opened in China yet, where he usually does really well with these films. Mm-hmm. But like, it's super important to see this kind of movie in a theater. You have with the to. biggest screen and the best sound you can. Yeah. <clears throat> you can so that they can keep making them. And I mean, they will because it's successful. It blows my mind, though, that this movie opens to, like, 56 or $60 million, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Like, I can't fa- – I don't understand that. Yeah. Like, I don't get it. Like, And I think it's just because this franchise doesn't have, like, the young demo that a lot of other franchises have. 
and like yeah. kids aren't going to the movies, yeah. teenagers aren't going to see Mission Impossible. Like they're going to see the Fast and Furious movies or the Marvel films, and and I get it. Yeah. But I mean, this movie is like top notch action entertainment, yeah. just movie going in a theater. Like it's like John said earlier, it's like one of the best experiences I've had in the theater recently that mm-hmm. I can remember. Where like the entire crowd was in it. Even when I resaw, there was like ten people in the theater, and it was still a great yeah. watch with ten yeah. people because it just feels so amazing to see a movie that's that entertaining on a big screen yeah so i mean while it's doing really well and it's gonna it's gonna end its run probably over half million a uh, half billion dollars who knows i hope it does really well i hope they keep making these movies but i mean you know go see it again if you ha- if you already saw it you know i just i just i was talking to my wife about this on the way on, when we went on vacation last week and like it blows my mind that like this is an a hundred million dollar franchise like opening weekend kind of stuff yeah right. you know or a hundred or seventy five or eighty, anything like that. No, like, no, I know what you're saying. That like these other movies come out, they're disappointments <clears throat> if they don't make a hundred million right. in their opening weekend. And this movie's not in that category. And, and this it's one had this, the biggest opening of the franchise, not adjusted for inflation. Yeah, in this in its sixth film. Right, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. But like to barely be at sixty million, like that's so weird to me. It mm-hmm. is weird. Like. I don't know. I can't. Fa- I can't get my head around it, and I get the logics of uh, you know the inner workings of why it's happening. Do you think there's any like just some people are just not excited about Tom Cruise? Yeah. I mean, is there? Because I do think younger people. I think people are letting go are, of that. Are more. more likely to think of him as kind of a creep who who has. I mean, and I sometimes debate whether because we. I remember when that Scientology documentary came out, we yeah. were like, "Man, this creeps you out about Tom yeah. Cruise." How how in misinformed could he be about what's actually going on in that organization? Sure. Or do they really keep him insulated from the truth of their shadiest tactics? So. If they do, then he's kind of a, so. a dupe in a way mm-hmm. by them. But it, but it's it's almost, to me, that exists in a separate zone than his movie career, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just waiting to hear that headline that makes me feel like, mm. okay, I can't support this guy anymore. Is, yeah. it's just, am I just being selfish because oh, no. I love these movies? I don't know, but I agree with you. <laughs> I, I mean, we both are. Yeah, I think, I think they're... I'm 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 blinded right now by how good that movie is, yeah. but um, it's scandal proof. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. For now, yeah. for now. But I will say that, like, I think there's something about. I think the way movies are marketed to people are very different. Like, so somebody that's going to see like a Mission Impossible, right? They aren't going to be hit twenty, thirty times with some sort of social media something. You said they are them. not. They are not. Okay. Whereas somebody that's like in the age range or somebody that's watching a Marvel movie will probably be hit maybe 30 times a week sure. with something like, hey. I, I totally get it. And you're right. <laughs> You'll go to IMDb. The, the, the banner, the, yeah. The thing and shifts. From what I hear, know, Kevin Feige is going door to door and punching people in the nuts. At this point, yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's calling people like, hey, have you seen this movie? See it, please. <laughs> hey, where's Ronald? We want to have lunch with him. I think there's something to be said about this the way that things are being marketed yeah, to people. Yeah. And it affects the way you go see something. It's very similar to like to the Bond franchise, like where I feel like those movies open big because yeah. it's got this storied history yes. and it's, yeah. it's long running franchise. But but even those films, those openings aren't monster openings like yeah. the other franchises yeah. that we're talking about. So I guess it's in it's in that same conversation. But from what you mentioned earlier, like I, I do believe that it's kind of surpassed the Bond films. Oh yeah. It's kinda of like this yeah. awesome mashup of a Bond of what are now Bond movies and like the Fast and the Furious stuff. Yeah. Where like things continue to escalate. Right. But they're escalating with real stunts and practical effects and like, you know, yeah. really well shot and really composed yeah, cinematography that like yeah. Isn't happening in Fast and Furious at all, man. Or Bond. I mean, Bond. Mm-hmm. Some of the Bond stuff is gorgeous yeah. and looks great, but I just feel like 
there's something happening with this franchise that's like really special. And like I feel like it's enabling some people to kind of get past the Tom Cruise Cruise-ness of it yeah. all. But it is it is weird that like it's that's this is like his bread and butters now. Yeah. Well, you know, Tom Cruise, the real man, he's the creepy Scientologist with all the strange romantic history that yeah. when you hear the more the more you hear about it, the more it unsettles you. Yeah. Croobs. That's the that's the that's movie star. Yeah. That's the guy who plays Ethan Hunt. Yeah. That's the guy who doesn't have any inner life that is that yeah. I want to think about. He just shows up in a in a t shirt and a leather jacket. And, and let me ask you he a question. Runs on top of a building. Would you have wanted to see a Tom Cruise Iron Man? I actually think about I think about it that all constantly. the time because I think I think Robert Downey Jr. and <laughs> Iron Man are are are. Like Robert Downey Jr. in that role is about as good as you can get. Right. However, would the movie have been different? Because that's what I was thinking when mm. I saw Mission Impossible. I was thinking I would love to see a Star Wars movie, a Marvel movie, a, a, any kind of action movie in that vein that had this kind of attention to the action and the stunts. And it did make me think: Would the Iron Man franchise be a a stunt? oriented like if, would, would he be like no i want an actual metal suit that's got jets yeah. on it i'm gonna jump across yeah, he would be like i can't do this stand i mean honestly can you picture him wanting to do this the green screen where it's just his face yeah. and the, maybe like, he would make this physical <laughs> but uh, but yeah a question i have that's kind of related to that is like or just like the what ifs do you want to see the next mission impossible film with the same same team or do you think they should keep to the tradition of trying out new directors because this is two in a row for Christopher McQuarrie and he's made two great ones. Has this mutated into the Christopher McQuarrie, Tom Cruise, American James Bond franchise or is it still the franchise that tries out different directors and makes that its kind of lifeblood? I say go back to the well, man. Like this, If, if this is any indication of what they can do, especially if the the next one takes on a different tone. Like I, you know what I would really love for as for as big as these movies are. I kind of want to see small scale. I thought, you, I thought you were gonna say you went on the Ragnarok. <laughs> I don't know Ragnarok. Ragnarok every movie. But 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 there's something really. Tessa cool. Thompson would be good in a Mission Impossible movie. I would. The watch smaller that. one that you're talking about is called Mission Impossible. The first one. Yeah. The Brian. But I'm just saying, <laughs> like in 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 this in this world that they've created yeah. in these last two. I would like to see something that has some small scale stuff to it, some small well, yeah, scale implications. Fallout was to the max. Yeah, it almost seems like maybe next one, maybe don't bring in the team, or maybe yeah. have it be just him and Ilsa or something like that. No, I could see that being cool. Him doing like maybe if like there was a situation where like he was stripped again of whatever his credentials are, and he had to kind of start doing these like smaller scale missions mm-hmm. again. Yeah, the ones that he used to do when he you know he had first started. I, I think that'd be so cool. Man. I would also like to see them do one movie though where everything's fine. Like, I don't mean where the story's not interesting. I just mean where there's no, he's rogue, we're disavowing this, there's changes up top. I mean, I think that's part of the story, too, is these movies always have that element of, at this point, there's no one who can support you in this, you know? And it is interesting that they they traded out Alec Baldwin for for Angela Bassett. I thought that was an interesting interesting trade. You can see how she will occupy very much the same grown-up spot in the next movie. And she was great. I thought she was a nice. Her addition. on the Facetime scared me. I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't want my boss Facetiming me and no. yelling at me through it. What a payday for her and Baldwin, though. I know Jesus. they're in like three scenes. Yeah, and she's on one of them over a phone. Yeah, <laughs> Facetime. Do you know what the most far fetched thing in the whole movie is? <laughs> what that Alec Baldwin was able to beat up Henry Cavill. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I was. It bothered me a little. Bit. Actually, it was strange. If you listen closely, you could hear him saying "karate chop" like when he was <laughs> when he was hitting him and stuff. No, but that was a moment where I was like, okay, this this whole scene is about how uh, Henry Cavill's character. That was that was the jokes on you scene for him. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's like it, it was humiliating. 
humiliation on top of humiliation. But that was one too many for me. I was like, really, Alec Baldwin? Alec Baldwin. He, he, you know, like hey, they I, gave they gave him a moment. Yeah, I no, I, I'm I glad they did. I'm actually glad he got to kick some butt. I'm yeah. just saying it was strange that the rest of the movie, the whole point is Henry Cavill is a walking tank, and yeah. I don't think of Alec Baldwin as like a beefy guy. But yeah, yeah he's he had some. He had some training. He I knew get a couple punches, yeah. but but man, like dominating, like yeah. he's just like, he was like, like ow, ooh, ow, stop that, Alec Baldwin! <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! But yeah, definitely see the movie. We'll see, man. What so do you want McQuarrie? I mean, I I would not be opposed to him coming. Back. I don't I don't I have a feeling he won't. Yeah, uh, I feel like he's going to still be involved with it, but I mm. think that there is like. There's something to be said for like the fact that they've worked together like nine times once, whether it's writing, producing, directing, like him and Cruise yeah. have a thing. Yeah. And they know how to work with one another. Tom Cruise has like final cut on all of his movies. Like th- th- this works well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so I would not be surprised and I'd be totally cool with it if he did. But I mean, he's made some comments where I feel like he doesn't want to do another one. Uh... But I mean, but that's cool though, because he could still be involved with it. He could yeah. still write it. Didn't I he mean... do script work before he directed too? Didn't he work on. Or he did uh, ghost. Pro- he did uh, script work on Ghost Protocol. Okay, oh. so yeah, he yeah. D- came in, did With some Brad script Bird. doctoring. Yeah, then directed Jack Roman. Reacher. Yeah. for Tom Cruise. Yes. Then then directed the next mission. Also did movie. some script writing on Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So great Valkyrie. Movie. Yeah, Cruise has like a it's it's his boy. Yeah. yeah, but I think it would be cool if it's not going to be him. If he's going to still be involved, maybe writing, producing, whatever. You know they. They have this really great track record of finding great filmmakers that have a vision, that know how to shoot action, and understand that this is Tom Cruise's franchise, and whoever that is, I'm not sure, but... You, do you have anybody that comes to mind? I, I was trying to think of anybody, and I don't, I don't think of anybody that's at that level. I, I could think Matt of Reeves? some... I could, oh, well, Matt Reeves would be someone who I would... It'd be interested to see what he would do going yeah. up to that level. Uh, I yeah. think we're going to see with his Batman movie what he can do with that kind of action-oriented franchise. And everything he says about that, by the way, I don't know if you've been reading the Matt Reeves quotes, everything he says is right. Yep. Do you think we're going to get Gyllenhaal? We might. Mm. We might. Get, get, get. Unless they really go younger, like like they're saying. But if they, I mean, if it's supposed to be like, it would make sense that it would be Gyllenhaal, even if it's like a younger He plays younger than Affleck already. Oh, for sure. He always, I mean, so there's something about, if, if it's supposed to be that like first... 10 or so years i don't mind jake gyllenhaal yeah he's so good man like that would take care of just the acting part of that stuff. what do you think of john ham i know that the age thing is i can love john ham don't you think john ham could be good could be great yeah i'd like i'd like he has the voice he has the presence oh my god his voice i was i just pictured his jaw for the first time in that cowl (laughs) in that come on man it moved it's a it's a a real chance like you taking a chance because also John he would, do, he would do, do the Bruce Wayne side of it really well. I mean, you know, that's so, always yeah. I hope. Supposedly he wants it. That's the thing that's interesting <laughs> to me is I've heard that he's he's you know jockeyed for it. But you never know if those stories are true. He, I always wonder when you hear a story like that if that's a publicist floating some shit. Yeah, to just try to make it happen. Yeah. Some momentum. He has sarcasm down pat, man. Like he would be the best. Yeah. Because I would love if like they lightened up Superman and Batman was dick. Really needs to be because he could be a funny dick. You're right. Yeah, man, he's a real dickhead. Mm -hmm. I like Michael Keaton's Batman. Like when I think about kind of like Playboy, kind of an asshole. Mm -hmm. I like that man. Yeah. But anyway, oh Batman, oh Oh, Batman, oh Tom Cruise, (laughs) oh James Gunn. Oh James. We didn't even get to Movie Pass in this episode. (laughs) It's a good thing. We'll come back to it in a few weeks. I'm sure something's going to change. Movie Pass will still exist. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. (laughs) 
Hopefully, it won't be a ru- uh, a pile of rubble. Well, yeah. I think that's, that's it, about man. it. That's yeah. It. To catch up. We so didn't say the catch up. we didn't say the the uh, number of this episode because I don't think any of us were exactly clear. <laughs> None of us have a clue. <laughs> it's hundred something. Yeah, it's two hundred and something or another, <laughs> and it's uh, let's call it August episode number one. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for yes, listening. Guys. Right. That's... What are we doing in our next episode? So... Um, fall preview. Because there's a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happens. No, 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 yes, no, 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 no. This is an extraordinary year. There is, you know, when we were doing our summer preview, it it was like June. I think was the month that I was like, man, everything's coming out in June. I feel like November was the hard month for me. Yeah, with, with the fall preview. November's hard. So shit. if you got if that put if what I just said creates suspense for you out there, you're gonna love next episode <laughs> of yeah. movie. Schmoothie. Oh, yeah. All right. You can find us on iTunes or yep. Apple Podcasts, as it's now called. It's true. Spotify, uh, Google Play, Everybody. all this stuff, really. Yeah. And if it's not there, tell us because, you know, Ronald needs to get it on there. We'll put it there. Um, he's going to put it there. And we're on Spotify, which is, I mean, we, you've I just said, said that. it. You've yeah. said it, but it's a big deal. It's, it's a, a huge big, deal. It's so it's tangible huge. now. You have no excuse. You have no excuse. It's so tangible. It's so tangible. You can't touch it. <laughs> But it's so it's, tangible. It's so tangible. You can just, uh, yeah. you know, if it, uh. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so tune in in a couple weeks for the fall movie, movie preview. And uh, in the meantime, check us out on any of those services. Check out some back episodes if you haven't uh, caught them all up to date. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you can leave a review or a rating or whatever the platform offers in terms of feedback, we'd really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Um, and as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.